Hello, and welcome back to Watch This Space, a podcast where we talk to creative people doing amazing work in their fields. For this last episode, I spoke with Sarah Ramos, actor, podcaster, and filmmaker. You may have seen her on cool shows like Parenthood and American Dreams. We chatted about a ton of stuff, and I had a blast during what she had to say about anything and everything, including what you should do if you're visiting New York City for the first time. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Without further ado, Sarah Ramos. of as a recap uh this is part of something that we do at the u of a and it's part of what we do for a campus paper and you know what we do we do stuff online and we do print stuff but we also do broadcasting and kind of on the subject of broadcasting you are part of a podcast um and yeah i mean it's on pop culture and it's awesome do you have a favorite segment or story um thank you i mean we've we stopped doing it as a podcast when we did it as a show, um, and now we're kind of taking a hiatus in general, but um, it was really fun to do, and we want to um, do more with it uh, in the future. I feel like my favorite segment, I mean, I liked all of them. It was about bizarre celebrity news, um, so, like, not your typical, um, like, celeb news podcast, definitely about... Um, strange branding um, opportunities like the Briars Gelato Indulgences Suite at the Independent Spirit Awards. That was one of my favorite segments because it started uh, our segment, uh, or that was one of my favorite topics because it started our segment Spotlight But For This, which is like inspired by the movie Spotlight. Um, and we shown like an investigative journalism spotlight on like dumb stuff <laughs> like um why there was a briar's auto indulgences suite at the independent spirit awards and it had celebrities like in black tie like posing with tubs of gelato ice cream that is definitely bizarre so wait i know you got that you you co-hosted it with official sean penn and yeah i didn't actually co-host it um caroline hosted it and i produced it and when we did um the internet version on super deluxe we did like five episodes i directed those and wrote them with caroline and our other friend ben lewis okay so yeah it was a collaborative effort um but okay so there's a couple things that i've always wondered about this where did the idea come from like who has the Who's been combing the internet to find these weird celebrity stories? Um, yeah. Caroline and I have known each other since we were in high school. And we've always been, you know, perversely interested in um, celebrity news. And uh, she had this idea for This Week Had Me Like, which she had been shopping as a, as a TV show. Um, And people were getting close to buying it. They were, like, interested in it, but nobody would actually make it. And so I said, let's make this as a podcast. Um, And we got a team together and started um, making it and breaking it down. And we would both – we both have interest in different, like, 
corners of the celebrity news um, arena. And uh, we would just kind of send each other insane stories. But Caroline is definitely um, kind of an evil genius in terms of um, finding amazing gems on the Internet. Had you had a lot of experience in producing audio content before that? No, I had had no experience in producing audio content Um I had made some short films, produced and um, wrote and directed them. But this was my first podcast experience. I just listened to a lot of podcasts. Did you find that there was anything really different from producing visually based things and then just kind of moving into audio and figuring that out? Yeah, I think it. there were definitely major differences, probably... Um, you know, you can't edit at really um, the, a podcast. Sorry, that's my dog barking. Um, I I like things to be clippy and and short. And kind of what I found in the podcast was that you know you had to let things run um, and let the conversation kind of just go at its pace because if you cut one thing out, then the joke wouldn't make sense it was just it was a lot more um you're asking the audience to just kind of be there with you um more than you do in a short film which is kind of a more controlled experience as a director do you kind of prefer the ability to edit or do you like the just kind of like letting it go and then getting whatever content comes out of it um i think they're i think they both have their own um strength and I like, like, I love listening to podcasts. I don't mind when they go really long um, when I am a listener. So that's something that I just kind of um, had to relax into. What's your favorite podcast right now? Mm. Right now, I'm, uh, I'm really into Call Your Girlfriend. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then kind of another weird question. Since you had all this talk and, like, you've done all this research and been friends with people who are also, like, share your love for weird celebrity things, do you have a favorite celebrity? Just, like, I don't know. You don't, you might know them or maybe not, but. Oh, my God. Well, I, would, I wouldn't say um, that I have a favorite celebrity. Like, that is always changing. Um at all times, but I would say that my celeb obsession right now is probably, um, how do you say this, like Sprouse Heart or whatever, um, which is, you know, Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale. Yeah. Are you Um, up to date? I can't really explain, like, there's no real reason behind it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's no explanation for it. It's just that I guess I watched the first season of Riverdale and they're just like stylish and um, cool. <laughs> like there's nothing, that's the thing about celebrity obsession is like it's so dumb when you get to the bottom of it. There's no, like you can't try to explain it without really sounding dumb and that's what makes it like a, a really mindless uh, hobby that 
probably gives you a window into um, some parts of our psyche that we try to uh, hide. Well, I feel like you can't always be interested in, like, serious things all the time. Sometimes you just need to like things that you can't explain in ways that aren't necessarily the most, I don't even know how to say, like, deep mm-hmm. and meditative. Um, are you up to date on Riverdale? No, I haven't watched, I, I, didn't, I wanted to wait for the second season to go on Netflix um, to watch. Okay, yeah, so, because we're in Canada, it's already on Netflix for us. Oh, right. Yeah, so I was really confused. I'm like, oh, yeah, because I guess internationally it's on Netflix, but. I know, yeah, I know it's not in the U.S., so. Sucks. Dang. Sucks. Yeah, but I think we try to, like, in Miss Academy, like, um, also we try to link celebrity news to, like, um, more important or, I don't know, more complicated um, topics. Like, I feel like a lot of, or, or some of what we did on this weekend, like, was exploring um, the ways celebrities make money and the ways capitalism, um, like, kind of di- dissecting capitalism via, like, Candace Cameron Burr's um, McDonald's commercial for McCafe like it's like this sense of uh you use a celebrity I I feel like brands use celebrity because they're like oh people like this person um and they'll listen to them and then celebrities need to make money so then they just end up telling their fans how much they love like McCafe and that's like that's it, it sounds really silly but it is a confusing um like kind of Capitalist lie. Oh my god, I feel like that sounds really silly, but <laughs> no, not so at all. Be it. Well, I mean, because pop culture is a reflection of what's going on in the world, so mm-hmm. it's totally valid to tie it to things that aren't celebrity related or wouldn't be in the pages of like Us Weekly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think very. Literally, like, you see the way celebrities make money has changed, and, and you see them um, writing their own narratives on Instagram and Twitter and um, making these brand deals and um, promoting stuff, and you, you see the choices that they make, and, and there's this disconnect between who they are as an actual individual who, like, I don't know, as a family, they need to, like... Um, pay for and who they are as like a brand who's like suddenly marketing McCafe um and we kind of tried to um talk about that in a in a funny way did you find that it was did you I don't know did you ever write your episode like did you write out like a format or like a structure or anything or was it just turn on the mics and go for the podcast, we would do it more um, turn on the mic and go. And for the um, for the show, we would script it more. But a lot of Caroline is very much an off-the-cuff kind of comedian. Um, and a lot of it, since we're talking about such bizarre um, subjects with people who usually haven't heard that, you know, Adrian Brody had a fish-themed art show um, 
a lot of the humor comes from people truly digesting the information we're giving them. Hmm. You can't see, but I'm nodding. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, definitely. It was like, I'm going to be get, like, to be honest with you, I didn't listen every single week to like every single segment, but I did listen a couple times and it was entertaining AF. Um, so anyway, this is a college university type deal and you went to college for creative writing, right? Yeah. I don't really know how to begin with this, but I guess why did you decide to go into creative writing? Because one of the things that I get a lot of questions about personally is if I like writing so much, why wasn't my major creative writing? So it's interesting to talk mm. to someone who did pick that and then... Well, what, what is your major? Uh, I'm in business school. <laughs> it's like completely unrelated. Mm. Well, that seems smart of you to do. Um, that definitely seems like, you know, talk about capitalism. Um, kidding, but... <laughs> but truly... Um, I decided to do creative writing because I always wanted to be a writer. Um, when I was 12, I wrote a screenplay called City Girl, which I recently made into a web series. Um, and I had just been writing since I was a kid. And then uh, I, I started acting, and I was acting pretty much since the time I was 10 to, like, 21, so a really long time. And... I had made a short film before Fluffy when I was, like, 20 or 19. Um, and I we it ended up going to Sundance. And that was really what, to me, was like, okay, I should take writing seriously and I should pursue this. And I wanted to study creative writing because it was a way to... Uh, I just wanted to get out of film. Like, I didn't want to study film, and I wanted to um, learn a more traditional way to tell stories, I guess. Um, I studied prose and fiction, and it was just moving out of my comfort zone, but still honing a skill that I had always been interested in. So... You were studying all these different kinds of writing, but I find that usually people have a thing that they like the most or a style that they like to write the most. And what's yours? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what how to answer that question. Like, what is yours? Well, mine is, like, creative nonfiction, I guess. I just find it the easiest to write. And then I also think, I just say it's because I'm lazy because I can't come up with characters that are fully fleshed out and then keep them straight in my head enough to write a fiction story. So mm -hmm. just base it off of things that have already happened. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like just probably because this is what I studied in school that it feels the most um, doable is a uh, short story, like fiction short story. So, oh man, I'm just trying to think of like how I want to phrase this question. Is there a story that you've wanted to write or a narrative arc in your head that you just haven't been able to yet? And like, and this is a really bizarre question because like for me, there was this one essay that I wanted to write for so long 
about like my identity and like reconciling two parts of myself and I don't know it was just really long and like had me thinking a lot um but then I just I never felt like I could write it until really recently is there anything like that for you or anything like that that you've experienced in the past I think there are times when I've tried to write about something and it's been a really torturous process because it's not something that I have fully processed um and so I was like trying to force this product out of something that I was still struggling with and trying to like force a statement that I wasn't ready to make yet or I didn't know how I truly felt about it. Um, and those kinds of ideas are, are things that stay with you and I think will come out uh, at the right time. I think I spent a lot of time and I still struggle with this feeling like it needs to happen now and um, I, I'm just learning to have a lot more patience. I find that I'm just not patient enough to even go through the rewriting. Pro- like, you know, you write something, and then you rewrite it, you write it, and you edit it, and uh, it just takes so long, and I just want to get to the end, like, sooner. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a a video, like, I don't know how to edit video or anything like that. The only thing I can do is write text, and I am not, like, a visual person at all, which has always been a real shame for me. Um... But I guess if you had to explain it to someone, again, a really weird question, but I just genuinely do not know. Like, what what other things do you need to think about when you're directing as opposed to, or acting, as opposed to, like, writing something and just kind of being insular and in your own space? As opposed to writing and being what in your own space? Oh, just kind of being alone. Because oh, when insular. you're writing, like, you're just by yourself, right? And then Got I've it. never been in front of a camera. Like, how, did, how does that feel? Like, how is it different? Yeah, um, they're very, they're all very different art forms. Um, it's certainly something that I think about since I do all three. Um, but writing is really the where everything begins like you can be a great actor and if you don't have a good script like improv only goes so far I feel like we're kind of like reaching the end of um or for me at least where it's like oh this movie was improvised like cool it's boring um and I don't know if that answered your question at all about that um writing dictates what the actors do and what the directors do and directors can change like once you get into an edit uh of video footage you can certainly change things and create new moments and cut out scenes and all of that but i think that's i mean it's hard in its own way but but writing is starting from nothing which is um i think I think, like, the hardest and also most exciting part. But, like, writers also, as you'll hear, like, at least in, in film, like, they kind of get the least um, glory or, or credit, at, which is funny because they kind of have uh, to create the basis of everything out of, like, literally nothing. Did you see the Deadpool? You really have to be in it for, like, the joy of writing. Did you see the Deadpool movie? when it came out I didn't okay well if you ever watch it um in the beginning title sequence 
when they normally just have all the actors' names listed, um, they do it in like kind of a funny way. I don't know if you've ever seen Honest Trailers um, on YouTube, but a few. Yeah, so you know how at the end they will, instead of saying like starring Liam Neeson, they'll just be like starring Angry Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so they d- actually did that in the Deadpool movie title sequence, and for the writers, it, w- it just said written by the real heroes here. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, true. So, I mean, like I said, this wasn't going to take too much of your time, so we're coming... To, to kind of the end of my questions, which I'm going to get real with you again, I don't really even have a theme to how I structured this, and it was really turn on the mic and go for me, which made me feel good when you said that it was like that for your guys' podcast during its run also. But yeah, uh, first question is just kind of like a general, I always like to ask what people's favorite films, if you, because, I mean, you know, and are so familiar kind of with that space, like what are you jonesing to watch and listen to and read right now? Um, I was just starting when I, when you called, I was just about to start or I just started, um, the movie, whatever happened to baby Jane. Um, have you ever seen that? No, it's on my to watch list though. Yeah. I had never seen it either. Uh, and I was doing some research, um, for for a screenplay that I'm writing and found like this whole that it that whatever happened to Baby Jane started the genre psycho bitty, um, which it sounds like amazing to me, um, which is just about aged women who have aged and gone insane and are now um, like torturing other people. So um, I am watching that and I'm interested in other psycho bitty. Um, film, and I have been rewatching some um, iconic movies from the mid two thousands, um, like Legally Blonde, Clueless. Um, I actually don't know what year Clueless was, but um, Charlie's Angels, going down a nostalgia road there. Um, is there anything else? I don't know. What What about you? Um. Well, right now, I am sadly working three jobs, so I don't have that much free time. Mm. <laughs> um, but in terms of just reading things in general, for me, I check Man Repeller every day. Oh, um, really? Yeah, manrepeller.com. Mm-hmm. I read, like, almost everything on there. I still check Rookie every day. Um, in terms of watching stuff, I'm kind of getting into my really big anime kick again. It comes in phases. Um, so I watched, yeah, I watched Devilman Crybaby. It's on Netflix. Um, if you ever get the chance, highly recommend. It's kind of weird. Um, but it's definitely different and you'll remember it. (laughs) Um, okay. I know. Yeah. Based on that name. Yeah, super bizarre. It's a remake of an older series, um, but they just went insane with it. The colors Devil are just... Devilman Crybaby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then um, there's another one. Oh, God, what's it called? It's, I think it's called Violet Evergarden. That's another series that I'm 
watching right now on Netflix. It's also an anime. Um, like I said, comes in phases, and then I just can't mm-hmm. stop if I indulge it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like what's on my docket. So cool. I'm also always listening to, and this won't surprise you, I use Audible, um, the app, pretty much strictly for celebrity autobiographies. And so I was listening to Gabourey Sidibe's uh, autobiography, This Is Just My Face, Try Not to Stare, which was great. I loved it. Highly recommend. Oh, I also read uh, or listened to Brave by Rose McGowan, um, which I also recommend. And now I'm listening to Nowhere But Up by Patty Millette. Do you know who Patty Millette is? I do not. Okay, well, I'll just tell you. The, um, the, I just clicked in and it started playing. It, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the title again with the subtitle. It's by Patty Millette, and it says, Nowhere But Up, the story of Justin Bieber's mom. That is a masterpiece in it of itself, just, just with that. Yeah, so Justin Bieber's mom wrote an autobiography. Honestly, don't go into it looking for laughs. It's not funny. It's pretty upsetting from the get-go. Um, but just FYI, that is something I'm listening to as well. Do they narrate it themselves? Yes, I pretty much try, only try to listen to audiobooks narrated by the author. Yeah, my favorite audiobook... I think is Ruby Cora's Milk and Honey when she narrates it. I don't know. I like the. I don't really even really like reading poetry, but I feel like if it's spoken, it adds something to it. Oh yeah, that's. I didn't know they had poetry on um, on here. I'm cool. not sure. I mean, I just own the audiobook. I don't know mm-hmm. how. I just have a copy of it somehow. <laughs> but I really enjoyed that. So. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. No problem. Same to you. Uh, but my last question is, a re- like, honestly, just super selfish. I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks, and I'm wondering where you think I should go. Wow, in New York? I mean, what do you like to do? <laughs> I'm pretty open to everything. Okay. Um, hmm. How old are you again? I'm 20. Oh, okay, so you can't drink. Um, let's what is there to do in New York? I honestly haven't been to New York in a while, um, which has been so nice. Have you? I think New York is like kind of overwhelming. Um, have you ever been? I went once before a couple of years ago, but yeah, definitely it's a lot more people than, like I'm from Edmonton. It's like this, it's technically a city, but I don't know, compared to a metropolis like LA or New York or like even Boston, it's really, really small. So definitely a lot more people and a lot more going on there than here. Right. Um, I and When I'm in New York, I like to, like, walk around a lot, which is, like, you know, everybody likes to do that. But you can go really far um, sometimes, like, rather than take the subway. Like, I used to live in uh, 14th Street and go to school at Columbia, and I have walked that from 14th to, like, 116th Street. Um, which sounds crazy, but it's, like, actually not that crazy. So just don't underestimate how far you can walk. Um, I like to go to Momofuku Milk Bar for some treats. Um, like, they have cereal milk, ice cream, 
Um, it's part of like the larger Momofuku family, and they act like weird cookies, like corn cookies and birthday cake truffles, which I highly recommend. Definitely recommend that for the treat place. Um, obviously, well, I guess not obviously. Maybe like MoMA or uh, the Natural History Museum. It's just a classic. It should be beautiful there right now, though, so spend some time outside. Just let the city have its way with you. I definitely will try. I'm going by myself, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not tied down to what anyone else wants to do. It's literally just up to me. Oh, yeah, I have done that before. I would recommend, like, looking in there must be like in new york it like there's like somewhere there's listings of things happening in new york all the time probably um, yeah. like in la we have la um and you could go there or la weekly and it would have a listing of like hundreds of events happening throughout the week so i would check one of those out for uh new york yeah i'll just try and live and let loose <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, but yeah, that's everything. Honestly, thanks so much for taking time out of your day and pausing your whatever having a baby Jane watching session to talk to me. Oh my god, of course. No, I was just doing it for research. Um, do you feel like you got everything you need? Yeah, no, this was just like, I just like to call people and have nice conversations and this was nice. So as long okay, as you great. enjoyed it, then it's all good. Yeah, all good. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Enjoy New York. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. And that was this episode of Watch This Space. You just heard Sarah Ramos and I'm Victoria Chu at the Gateway. Thanks to CJSR 88.5 FM Edmonton for the studio space and to the Gateway at the University of Alberta for hosting this thing. And thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Peace out.